Yeah, so I'll get us started here in a second. Um, like, I have some questions to kind of guide us through, but for the most part, it's kind of open forum, open discussion. Um, rather have it be, like, a nice conversation than just, like, Q&A, yeah. you know? Yeah, more interesting that way, for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. How many episodes do you have uh, now? I, I was scrolling through listening to a few. Um, uh, so, I think uh, the one that I just uploaded was episode 38 cool so this like the first year that i did this it was pretty sporadic i would just trying to find bands and get like the footing down uh, mm-hmm. but this year has been pretty amazing where i've been able to at least since like february i've been putting out an episode every week so it's kind of nice that's awesome yeah. that's awesome man so we get to ramp stoked. up the production of it it's cool yeah um yeah i'm stoked on how it's going and hopefully like i've Hopefully I can keep up the momentum and just keep it going, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I don't need to go over beforehand. Uh, after I end it, if you just, like, when I say bye and everything, just hang out for a quick second. We'll do, like, a couple photos, and then um, I'll just have, like, a couple follow-up questions for you. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. I'm not pressured for time or anything. I know I told you before I was, like, scheduling around kids and asking <laughs> for that, but I, I dropped them. Uh, Dropped off my wife and kids with my my uh, mother-in-law. So, okay. <laughs> your blue coat, you're so cold. You warm up, we're all right. I'll fix you when I get the the money. So sit Mine too. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. We're yeah. rocking a slider today. Nice. Yeah. We'll, we'll go over it here in a little bit too. Um, <laughs> what's everyone? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beers with Bands. Uh, this week, I'm back in Canada, hanging out with Ken from Crafting Lies. How's it going, dude? Going pretty good. Um, all things considered. Um, been at home for the past year so but it's been it's been good a lot of self-reflection and um you know that was it the COVID-19 you put on so I've been gaining some weight there (laughs) Um, yeah we've we've all done that and I'm ready for it didn't help that like for some reason this year I was telling my roommates that it felt like winter just was the longest thing ever yes and God. then, like, I'm so ready for it to be like be nice finally, and just be able to go outside and do something, and hopefully burn some of this off. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's been an interesting year, that's for sure. Lots of changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, if you wouldn't mind telling the listeners, um, obviously we know your name's Ken, but what you yeah. do in Crafting Lies. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm Ken Taylor. That's my name. Uh, but I sing and play guitar in Crafting Lies. Um, main songwriter uh, for the band. Um, of course, we work on everything together. But uh, yeah, started the band back in 2018, and we're still feeling pretty good. So a newer band, but uh, have some long history and, and roots of playing in different punk rock bands in Ontario um, as early as 2006. Four, 2004. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're missing a few members. Uh, who are they and what do they do in the band? Yeah. Um, so Steve, he plays drums. Uh, awesome guy. Probably first guy I reached out to. Just had a, a little catalog of songs I really wanted to kind of flesh out and I can't play drums, you know, for, for shit. <laughs> so I, I reached out to him and um, it just worked so well. So Steve plays drums. Um, we have Dave who plays guitar, um, is an excellent songwriter as well and, and really helps bring something new to the songs that I bring forward. Um, and Evan too. Evan used to play uh, bass with Steve in his previous band, which was um, Academy Killer, which that band's still going, but um, they're former members and they both played at like the same time back then. Um, everyone just gels really well and, and everyone in the band too sings, which is something that I think really brings it to the the live show and i'm yeah. really looking forward to getting back to doing some sort of live show but um yeah we, we've got tons of gang vocals in our songs um any harmony that it either like if i'm recording my own harmony on the cd they're doing it live when we actually recorded our our songs we we tried to get their voices on it as much as possible and it makes an interesting sound when you're hearing all those different harmonies sung by different people it's much more i guess gang oriented so yeah those are the three guys um that that weren't able to to be here today but <laughs> just me right now <laughs> yeah no like uh speaking of like the gang vocals and i was gonna bring this up is for people that don't know crafting lies is like a, a punk rock punk pop punk-esque like kind of like there's definitely the punk uh baseline in there but like the gang vocals really set it apart and like it's Thanks, it's nice because a lot of songs i've been re- listening to lately don't feel like they have the full impact of the gang vocals, and I feel like you guys are doing that very well, and it brings awesome. it back. Uh, like, it makes me really nostalgic for the for the old times. So, thanks, man. I, I love being associated with the old times. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's uh, it's something that was really important to us, actually. Um, it just some of my favorite bands out of Southwest Ontario, like um, I would even say like 2014 and stuff like that, playing with some of my other bands. Um, I always tried to have gang vocals in, in my songs and stuff, but it was tough mm-hmm. because um, some of the other people I would play with maybe weren't comfortable with, with singing backups or harmonies or uh, jumping in and, and shouting along kind of thing. Um, and some of my favorite bands, like to, to name one, I'd say the Penske File, if you've ever heard of those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we played with them a bunch, and it's just I love that their, their drummer does a lot of the singing. Like probably has the more melodic voice out of the three of them, but all three of them, are are rocking equal parts of the songs or they're um they're trading off with each other uh they're singing harmonies and that's something when putting together this band really wanted to say like all hands on deck like it's got to be an energetic fun live show and like even if if you feel like you can't hit the note then just take away your microphone and yell at the audience or something (laughs) so so it's like we're all up front this big kind of loud abrasive kind of thing in front of you so yeah it's fun Yeah, I, I, I'm sure it works out great live, because it's always nice when, like, obviously not all the bands will record gang vocals, but, like, when everyone, like, kind of is on stage and that, like, one of those final verses and they're all, like, just 
screaming it to the crowd all in unison, like my buddies do that all the time, and it adds like a whole other element to like the performance, and it does like it's it gets you more involved and more interested in that band because like they're you they you can obviously tell that they give a shit and yeah. like and stuff. So yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's a lot of fun. I just can't wait to play live again. <laughs> Every every venue we've been playing at for the last year has slowly been shut, shutting down oh, Ontario. No. Things are really bad right now, COVID-wise. Like we're in a third lockdown, and I just wish it was one good strong one at the beginning to really nip it in the bud. And it, it's been half measures across the whole the whole way. So yeah, uh, kind of brutal. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. I know back home, like I'm not originally from Minneapolis, but back home there was. Um, like one venue that's shut down so far and then the other ones the other like main like punk venue uh, has been like just keeping donations open and like doing different merch things to stay open but like depending on where you're at like it, it's it's been rough and it sucks that all those nice venues are shutting down mm-hmm. the the hardest thing uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic was like we planned our EP to come out last year in April mm-hmm. and uh, I had booked like this band hasn't done like a full proper tour just yet. And yeah. we were really excited because we were playing back and forth between like Hamilton and Toronto strategically. And um, ha- Hamilton's really where we would get together and jam, even though um, if you're familiar with Southwest Ontario, we have uh, one guy in, in uh, St. Catharines, uh, one guy in Hamilton, one guy in Dundas, which is pretty close to Hamilton. And I'm in Milton, which is maybe about half hour out. So Hamilton's like our home. And then, we would just go back and forth between Toronto and Hamilton. But we had maybe 10, no, sorry, about 15 shows that we had planned that were leading up to a, a big punk festival called Puza Fest in, mm. in Montreal. Uh, so we would have gotten out of the province. We would have done a lot of stuff along the way. And I had to cancel it all um, because it was all planned for April. And the stay-at-home orders came in like March 15th or something last yeah. year. So uh it was brutal to to wait that one out and then have to message all the promoters or the venues and oh it's just heartbreaking but yeah. we'll be back <laughs> so yeah i hope you guys do get a chance especially like once this whole next lockdown and wave that's going through your area goes away mm-hmm. like i mean how are you guys doing with like vaccine rollouts and stuff like that if you don't mind me asking uh the band personally we're not rolling them out no um <laughs> uh, uh the province is pretty strange there's so many different health like regions where mm-hmm. it's different like for for my job outside of band um i i was actually kind of putting together what all of canada is doing to kind of present to some other people from my company and um it, it's so straightforward when you're looking at like saskatchewan or alberta manitoba there's kind of like here's what's happening for the province and then ontario is like Every single region's different. There's like 20 of them or 30 of them that um, I'm in Milton and that's part of Halton region, but Toronto is part of Toronto and there's Peel, which includes Mississauga and everyone's doing it slightly different. Wow. So for, for me right now, I have to be 50 plus to be able to get my vaccine. Uh, I, I think they're lowering it if you wanted to get AstraZeneca and, and you can go do like a pharmacy kind of thing. But for that, I think it's still 40 plus. So mm. I'm still uh thankfully way way under that range i'm not that old yet but um it's yeah it's, it's been tricky because like there's been things i've had friends who've had weddings uh canceled and and pushed and 
uh, one of my friends was, was supposed to be getting married in May and it just kept getting worse and worse and lockdowns kept happening more. And it, it's, it's hard and misleading when um, since the summer probably of, of last year or probably, probably fall, they've slowly kind of trickled uh, like loosening restrictions and like opening things up more and more. So like it kind of puts the front forward of saying like things are getting better. We're slowly returning to normalcy. Right. You can you can eat inside a restaurant and have fun with your friends and stuff like that, but it has to be six per table or whatever mm-hmm. the restrictions are. But yeah, then it's like, I think the same week that they opened up that indoor dining, it's like, um, oh, um, health health professionals are saying there's a third wave coming. You need to <laughs> shut stuff down, and they just kept opening stuff up. So I don't know. It's uh, it's tricky, and it's it's always a hard argument too. And you're like, what should be open versus not open? What's essential? What's not? Right. What do you block off in a Walmart versus leave open kind of thing? It's it's uh, it's weird. Yeah. That's my long way of saying it's weird right now. <laughs> no, that's crazy because like it's always interesting to see how different areas are handling the the pandemic and um, like where I'm at, we're still have restrictions, but like we're able to like we went out to eat at a local restaurant last night, but we sat outdoor dining, like did all that. You can I think sit inside now. But, yeah, limited to, like, six people per table, and it's all, like, spread out. Um, whereas, like, some of the southern states, they've, like, Texas in general, as for one, like, they lifted all restrictions, like, yeah. at the, once they started, like, rolling out vaccines, they were like, oh, yeah, restrictions are off, whatever. And they've been having, like, full capacity, like, baseball games and stuff like that. It's just, it's insane to see just, even, like, in the states how different it is, but then, like, country to country. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing I could kind of compare maybe is like when you look at like the number of states and stuff like that. It's like that's how I view like Ontario is handling this. It's like they have so okay. many different split up regions, and it's like some are in a green zone while others are in a red, or others are in a shutdown zone. It's like green zone, you can do whatever you want, but I'm like green zone's only like a half hour away from a red zone. <laughs> so like, what's stopping you from? You know, you go shopping in one spot, you're you're still intermingling. Like, right. it doesn't mean anything except for the hospital capacities, I guess, right? But I don't know. I, I think Ontario has really botched their, their thing, and I can go on record saying <laughs> <laughs> I just did. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of that sadness. Yeah. Uh, you guys, you did mention you guys released uh, your debut EP, Starkbite, last year. Um, mm-hmm. It's been... Because it was in April last year, so, I mean, it's, we passed the one-year anniversary now that we're in May, but yeah. in that one year, like, what's it been like to have that released and, like, the feedback you've gotten? It's been really rewarding. Um, the challenging part was not being able to play it live, and I was really hoping to do uh, a little bit more with it. Probably could have done the rollout a little bit differently, but it was so tough because, um, I said before, our band started in 2018, so we hadn't had any actual like recorded songs out there for people so Mm -hmm. we were getting our first shows and stuff like that which were great shows um but there's just off of like my word (laughs) of saying like hey we'll we'll be good we'll bring our friends like trust me um here's my old band you can check out to see what i kind of sound like um and that worked for a bit but and so the rewarding part is actually being able to have the music out there um we did film a couple music videos, which were so much fun. And, and that actually was eye opening for me. Cause like I was heavily involved with like the look, what, it, what I wanted it to be like. Um, and, and the guy that we filmed with uh, Sean Deacon just did an awesome job with the, the cinematography. It just looks like 
a movie <laughs> yeah. for, for a couple of music videos that are out there. But um, yeah, I mean, Stark Valley was, was great to get out there. I'm, I'm happy. All the songs are very cathartic and very personal to myself and like lyrically. Um, and just being able to flesh them out and also work with my, my old friend too, um, Sam Guyana mixed the EP. Um, he's, he's done a lot of work with uh, uh, Silverstein um, and, and a bunch of uh, great great bands. His roster is you know, way bigger than it was when I started recording <laughs> with him back in 2007 or something. He recorded my ska bands uh, for a CD back then. Um, but yeah, it was like I, I had always done things differently or done like DIY or worked with different producers and it was nice to kind of come back to him and say like, we need to do drums. I can't record drums for, for like anything. Um, we did a drum day with him and then we recorded everything ourselves, sent it back to him to, um, to mix. And it, I think the end result sounds awesome. I'm just very happy with how clean it sounds and yeah. it sounds big. Um, those gang vocals are mixed good. They're not, uh, you know, shoving each other aside. So yeah. It's been a good year. I just I'm happy that the songs are out there, and it's kind of helped set us up for whatever the next stage is, um, which we're just writing and, and working on songs and these you know uh, home studios. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I I really dig this whole EP. Um, like I was listening it, listening to it in full again this morning before we got together, and like it's just so good. Like the, the one nice thing that you guys do is. Not all the songs are the same, but at the same time, they're rooted in the same way. So, like, it, they all work together for one EP, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy you, you liked it. Yeah. Um, so, definitely people that are listening, go check out um, Storkbite on all streaming services, because it's super good, and you need to be listening to it, obviously. Um, but back to the music videos... Sean did all all three that you have out. Um, he did two out of the, out of the three. So he did a live and he did six feet deep. Um, okay. I came to him with the concept and we kind of really worked on like each each stage where things have to be. So I like to say it's like we co-directed it um, because he was the eye behind the camera. But we mm -hmm. kind of knew like a live was very story based. Um, actually both of them are they're very like A to B is like the beginning to the end of the video so yeah. um, it was a really fun collaborative process to work on him uh, work on that with him um, the third one like I can talk more about those videos if you want like I could go on about it all day but, <laughs> yeah um, whatever you want to do uh, sure well so Alive so I'll start with Alive Alive was the first video that we released and first single so it gave people a little bit of a taste on what we're about we we didn't have any songs out there so um the the video i i hired someone to do us all an old old person makeup um and the video starts with me as an old man in, in his retirement um i'm sitting in a lounger kind of thing and i'm thinking about my glory days of being in a band um zooms in on me like looking at a, a picture of the band and it encourages me to go looking through my memory box pull out my cd and i start rocking out and i call the band and we all get back together and the very end of the video is flashing back before uh, between us younger and us as old men, just reliving those glory days kind of thing. And just it's like a basement jam kind of thing. But that's the premise of the video. And actually, that was filmed in my my uh, childhood home. The whole video, oh, nice. um, free location. Yes, <laughs> right. So my, parents, my parents are still there. So 
it was it was a lot of fun to do uh, very relaxed we weren't pressured for time or anything and um, it was fun to do the old man makeup and stuff and it's it's uh yeah that was a lot of fun to do yeah it's out of so when I, I watched that one this morning and it's mm-hmm. it's just real good and wholesome fun uh, watching these old dudes like relive their glory days uh, but I gotta commend these old dudes at the same time for carrying yeah. what is that an eight by twelve down those small set of uh, stairs like I hate Evan the fact that they did so it. His <laughs> <laughs> base amp sucks. Oh my god, yeah. he can afterwards. But Jesus, it's like yeah, it's like a fridge. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So we played a show in Chicago once, and uh, the the bass player for the other band we were running with had an eight by twelve, and. People that are listening, they might know that the sub T in Chicago, but basically the stage is on, like on the third floor of this like building, and it's just oh. a one set of stairs to just go straight up. And carrying that eight by twelve, I I it sucked. Oh my god! What's what's funny is like there's so many bands that go on tour and they bring the eight by twelve, and then as soon as they get to the venue, it's like, hey man, can we borrow your borrow your amp? Like we don't want to bring this thing up the stairs, yeah. like, or it's the opposite where they're like, we brought it up. Like screw it, everyone's using our amp. I don't care. <laughs> May as well get the use out of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm the same way though. I'm a sucker for, like, I guess I had somewhere in my head from probably looking at all the bands from 2008 and 2010, somewhere in that range that you had to have like the four by twelve. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Cab and and so I, I play a Rock River 50 uh, orange amp through uh, a Mesa four by twelve. I love how it sounds. It's a great, but the Mesa 4x12 is heavy just for yeah. no reason. And I'm like, I could so easily downsize, but <laughs> I like it. I, I, I kind of stick with my gear. I never get rid of my gear. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, that's how our guitar player was. He had like the same uh, Mesa cab. And every night loading the trailer, I was like, why do we still keep this thing around? And then he'd play the show, and I'm like, okay, it sounds fucking amazing. Like, this makes sense. It, it sounds amazing, but you're just like. You're playing with all these other bands that have have been smarter than you, and they're like, <laughs> we have a two by twelve or a two by ten or whatever, and it's like, you know, or they bring a tiny practice amp, and then mm-hmm. they wire all the pedals through it, and they just mic it up, and it sounds great. <laughs> so, I can't I can't say my way's right. It's, I think only one of my four speakers probably works. It's just uh, <laughs> picking up space. <laughs> so, oh well, got to got to test the suspension on my on my car somehow. So right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was a live. Definitely go check that yes. one out. That's probably like my favorite. And then the one you guys recently released, yes. Six Feet Deep. Uh, that was <laughs> sometime in April. You guys released that one. Um, yeah. It takes a, a little bit, whereas the live is like more kind of fun, old guys, mm-hmm. nostalgic feeling. It takes a little bit different turn. It's a little bit darker. Um, yeah, but there's I feel like there's a good message in that one, and like the the video really portrays that whole message too. Yeah, um, so I'll also say like with a live, there's a fine line between that wholesome thing that you said and yeah. super cringy, um, <laughs> like you know, hey, let's dress up as old guys and rock out to our song. Like that could have turned out so bad if it wasn't filmed right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. <laughs> so, so that's that was that fine line and then this one was like there's a fine line between like getting a good message across or being too dark kind of thing or like just unnecessarily bleak right Mm -hmm. um so the song six feet deep is really um i wrote it a long time ago actually for my my previous band 
when we were demoing for what would be like our our next kind of album but we never did that and it was, so it was 2014 or something like that so came, like came out what six years later um <laughs> but yeah for that whole song is about um feeling so many different pressures and anxieties from around you whether it's like a relationship or it's your job or it's um when, when i wrote it at the time with my, my previous band it was like interband drama like you mm. these things like uh really kind of close in on you make you feel like you're almost suffocating sometimes right it depends on how people process things but for me i was just getting way too deep inside my own head very uh um yeah not not healthy right so the, the whole song was kind of trying to capture that feeling of of what i was what i was feeling is very uh I guess you could say angry song that I was writing it. I was writing it out of anger <laughs> and, um, and it was cathartic because you get it off your chest and stuff like that. And when I was making the video, I really wanted to be clear that this is just inside my head. This is like, you know, you can, you can really, if you know these warning signs of when you're going into a dark space, there's gotta be ways to be able to pull yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. So like in, in that music video, um, it, it looks like we're setting up to film the video. Like we're, we're out on a patio. Um, we're, we're all getting set up and I'm just sitting off to the side and um, I start walking away from the video shoot and my band comes from behind me wearing balaclavas and, and ski masks and stuff. And they scoop me up and they throw me into the back of a car and they kidnap me, um, bring me out to the middle of the field, march me into a grave plot. They bury me alive. And then that brings me to the end of the video where it snaps back and it's like I'm back in the very first position um, where I was waiting for the video shoot to start and I get myself together and I just head back towards the band to kind of shoot the video. Um, and then we filmed this weird like inception kind of thing where all my faces are at the end just because we we thought it'd be funny. <laughs> like it's all it's all been me. It's all been in my head. Right. Um, all those demons are, are yourself, which is like, it's true, but it's like really the, the song for me because I wrote it so long ago, I had time to reflect on it and just be like, oh, this is super dark and stuff like that. And like, I'm sure I listened to like, like angrier punk songs and it felt like it kind of fit that vibe, but I'm like, uh, what does it mean to me? Right. It's like, I, I wrote it, I got it off my chest. What does it mean? And that's kind of where I felt those feelings kind of, um, I don't know, lent themselves to it's, it's, uh, important to be honest about mental health and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I hope this song and the video like didn't end up feeling too too dark or whatever. Just like, whoa, Ken, UK, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Just uh, wanted to, I don't know, ex- express that side of me, right? It's there's a natural darkness to to most of the songs. Every song on the album has a has a personal kind of cathartic twist to it. So yeah, yeah. no, That's like two video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it definitely listening to the song. Uh, Especially, like, when you're first listening to it, you don't realize, like, the deeper meaning. And then, thankfully, the video comes out and you kind of, like, tie it to some sort of meaning and what you're going through. And, like, I don't feel like it's, like, too dark. I feel like it's probably, like, right... Like like you mentioned with Alive, where it could have finessed that... There's that line yeah. that you could have crossed. And, like, you definitely say on this side of the line, which works. Um, Thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not too dark or anything like that. So, I, I feel like you guys do it well. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean that—that's two out of the three videos. The the third one, um, if if we're ready to move on from six feet deep, yeah. <laughs> um, 
the the third one was uh, carbon monoxide dreams and uh that song is the only one on the album that's not really um like a personal outlet kind of thing it, it's but it is also still about me and my anxieties and fears of uh 2007 toyota yaris which is the most scary death trap of a vehicle you could possibly drive <laughs> um four-door sedan you know it's it, it has four wheels four yeah. doors did i say that uh <laughs> no it's it was a family car i had and i kept getting into fender benders i was stretching myself so thin for a long period of time and it was it was rough it was like um I, I lived about an hour and a half out of the city. My school was, so here is a, I don't know, is there a video component to this uh, podcast too? Or is it, no? Okay, so yeah, everyone, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my fingers towards the top of the screen and I'm making a triangle here. So at the top, we have uh, my, my home, the one that's in the live video. And then yeah. an hour and a half away is my school, which is on the right of the screen, <laughs> if you're following along in your brain. And then on the left of the screen, uh, for the bottom left of the triangle there was where my uh, my girlfriend lived at the time. Came my fiance, she's my wife, and we have two kids today, so yeah. But uh, between all three of those things, it was like I would do I would drive to all of them every single day, and it would be about three hours of driving. Um, I'd stay out late with her and come back home at, at 2 in the morning. Didn't matter, whatever, but I was stretched way too thin because then I'd have 8 o'clock class the next day, which I had to wake up at 6.30, hit the road and it was just really bad so i kept kind of getting these fender benders and there it got to the point where it's like well is, is it really that detrimental for me to fix it no i'll just let ride it out mm-hmm. so the whole front of the car was like literally like held together with duct tape and like smash windows and stuff i was also using it to load in my band gear so like there's um there's buttons for the radio I would, I would put a mic stand in and just the mic stand would go right between the seats and then hit the CD player in the front and just smash that button out. <laughs> so it was, it, that car took a huge beating. There's cracks on the windshield and everything. And um, I, I felt like, I'm like, this car is going to kill me <laughs> if I stay in this thing. And this thing is going to fall apart on the road. One day an axle is just going to fly off and I'll go off the, the highway. Who knows? And um, again, pretty dark. <laughs> but uh, I... I actually remember I was waiting to pick up my uh, fiance at the time uh, from her job uh, outside of a mall. And I was just waiting with my car idling. I'm just like, you know, if, if there's like a, a leak of like carbon monoxide, I wouldn't even know. I'm just sitting here like right. this busted ass car. I'm like, this thing could silently just kill me. And I wrote this dark song about it, carbon <laughs> monoxide dreams, ensure that I'm fast asleep. Um, I think I'll fall asleep now, just like succumbing to it. It's just like a, a weird, twisted, angry sounding song, but it was just a interesting way for me to address that that concern. And then I got rid of that car as soon as I could. But um, that video, I actually filmed all of the driving footage that you see there, of like like things whipping by and stuff. That's mm-hmm. the car, and okay. I and I filmed it in 2015, and then that same year, um, I traded it in for a new car, and it died on my way into the dealership as in the power steering went car kicked the bucket i had to literally just roll it into there and they're just like we can't give you the same trading value like it's, it's not drivable I'm like how's 300 bucks sound and they're like yeah sure whatever we'll scrap it <laughs> so uh yeah that, that's what ended up happening to that car so it's kind of nice, neat i get to um i guess keep a little piece of history of that in the music video so like yeah. i have a history of that car flying by in the background and 
Um, I filmed the rest of it at a band practice. So anything that's overlaid with like my bassist playing or my drummer, um, when Steven, Evan and Dave are just like rocking out, like I was filming them one by one and mm. then I had one of them film me and then I just, I spliced the whole thing together. And uh, my buddy Miller Marshall uh, from Australia, he, he came to Toronto for one year. Uh, we did some awesome, like some 41 and, and uh, um, Weezer cover band nights uh, oh, just nice. for, for the hell of it. Um, he, he made the lyrics underneath. I tried doing it myself and it took way too long. I'm not well versed in After Effects or anything. So I, I sent it to him. He did that. And then Sean helped me with doing the filter over the top of the whole thing to make it kind of look old school and like a like an old film reel which kind of tied into a bit of like the imagery from uh alive a little bit too so yeah. sean did have his hands in there too just not as much as the, the other two <laughs> where we really got to collaborate and, and film scene by scene so no yeah that's that's <laughs> awesome um i remember so i was scrolling through your as facebook and i came to the the point where you kind of told that story about uh that song and like the yaris and everything and it for people that haven't seen that post you put in there that it made it to 450,000 kilometers. Yes. Which, for the U.S. listeners, I just, I looked it up. It's like 297,000 miles. But yep. still, that is amazing that, like, it, you made it that far. And, and like, with the 4x12 like, in the trunk of that tiny oof. car for for however many years. <laughs> 2010 until 2000, for good six solid years i was just crushing that car with my gear <laughs> Jeez, yeah well i mean that, that gives it to toyota like they they just don't quit unless you decide to fully trade them in and then they're like fuck it we're done you, you know what those kilometers sound like really impressive and stuff but really that's just canadian driving because everything's like, <laughs> like <laughs> for for me to go play a out of town show it's actually four hours away i'm not talking oh, an hour drive it's it's like I, I want to go to Chatham or London. Okay, there's two hours. There's four hours. <laughs> That's kind of like the benchmark. So when you're when you're younger and, and trying to get on the road as much as possible, you're booking things everywhere, and you're going hour here, two hours there, <laughs> four hours, five hours to Ottawa. Damn, yeah. that's nuts. So, like, <laughs> for, for you guys, you don't really have, like, a what, like, most people would have, like, in the States where, like, they have, like, a local scene in, like, their city. You guys have to... You're, you're basically part of, like, different scenes depending on where you go? Yes yes and no. It's, like, um, some some cities really develop on their own and, like, are, have started to build followings, which is, which is nice. Like, Hamilton, like, I love calling that home to this band because, like, I didn't grow up in Hamilton. I grew up in, in Caledon in that house. Like, that, it's not a small house. Um, and and it's it's very nice to, to be in Hamilton where they have a really strong arts culture and, mm -hmm. and um, they have super crawl every year and, and they really celebrate their local artists. And like even the, the couple of venues that we played at, there's a Casbah and, and club absinthe um, smaller clubs and bars, but they're, they're so welcoming and anyone who's kind of played there from before. So like people who might be like um, maybe slightly older than me, like, let's say within the 10 year range kind of thing who have been playing there for a while. It's like everyone is so welcoming, helping you, helping each other and really lending a hand. I, I see there's a strong scene of like band culture in Ontario mm -hmm. still where bands are trying to help each other out to get shows and trade shows. And, and if you're not trading the show, you're, um, you're just still helping each other out as, as best you can. Like, like I, I mentioned Penske file before, like those guys were 
um, they're still doing amazing things. And it's like, we were, we were trading some shows, um, you know, you get to play uh, at their house and stuff like that. Like they, they had an awesome house where if you check out their music video for, uh, I think it's, I've been thinking, um, you can see me get licked on the face by some guy at their house party. And like, um, just lots of great camaraderie between bands and musicians, which is what I think really makes Ontario strong. Uh, back back in my day, um, you know, when, when we're talking about 2007 and things like that, that's when shows are popping off. So like, yes, it's still the two hour drive and stuff like that, but it's like everywhere had like the same group of like, uh, 50 to a hundred kids that would come out and pack the place and make it really pop off. And like, I I'm quite jealous when I see, um, like some of the newer pop punk bands that are playing and stuff and you have kids crowd surfing and, and just having an amazing time. And like that used to happen here, but we don't see it anymore. I see those same type of bands playing. And like, we, we played a, a great show. Our, our first show for crafting lives was with uh, calling all captains okay. and, um, Way the Anchor and Arcane Ghosts, and that was an awesome lineup, a lot of fun. Um, but still, it's mostly other band dudes that are standing at the back and like <laughs> arms crossed. But they enjoy the music, but it's like you don't see people popping off and like going crazy. It's like these are bands that you should pop off to. Like, why are you not out here? Right. <laughs> so we're, there's a lot of support to trying to uh, try and bring people in, and and I was actually seeing it move in a real positive direction like people were starting to come back out and come out to shows and stuff like that which is which is good when i was younger i blamed it on jersey shore i used to think that people would just wanted to stay at home and get drunk instead of going out to a club and just like i, I noticed it, it was like jersey shore got really popular and then people stopped coming to shows so i don't know edm started to rise and that was it game over <laughs> i've never heard of that as like a response but it makes perfect sense and i love it i studied like, the market no. yeah you did you got it man no, but like hopefully, hopefully once everything kind of goes back to normal, uh, like and like COVID finally like rolls down or goes away and everyone's vaccinated and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a big dude now compared to like how I used to be like going to shows. And I, I all I gotta say is, who's ever in the front, like be ready to catch me because I'm gonna hop <laughs> off that stage. Um, nice. Yeah. So be ready. I'll catch you, man. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um. So yeah, we heard we heard all about uh, the uh, stork bite. We heard some background info on these music videos. Which, if you get a chance, please go listen to them uh, and just listen to the whole EP in general. Like we've like I've been mentioning because it's super good. Um, but now is where I ask the ever so important question: As to Kent, yeah. what are you drinking on this fine Saturday? On this fine Saturday, I'm drinking a Summersby pear flavored cider. Um, because this is called ciders with bands, right? Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I love drinking socially, like with my friends and stuff like that. When we go to a show, usually grab a beer. Yeah. Um, but you can ask anyone and, and, uh, my, my wife would rip me apart on this one always if I didn't call, call it, uh, what it is. Anytime I take a sip of like any beer, my face goes, mm, that's good, <laughs> but I don't really enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but I do enjoy drinking socially, so I don't know if it's, like, the buzz, I like it better than the beverage, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm a sucker for the sweet stuff, so I got myself a summer's beer here. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, my, my, my best friend from back home, he's the same way. Um, actually, most of my friends from back home, it's kind of weird. Out of the four of us, like, I'm the one that, like, will just basically drink anything, 
like any kind of beers, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, it just tastes like this or whatever, but they don't drink really any beers. They're all like ciders or mixed drinks. So we do a lot of those. Uh, generally for this, this, uh, this show and the listeners are probably tired of it. Hold on. I have an empty can here from a previous episode. I generally do Pabst Blue Ribbon PBRs Mm -hmm. all day. Uh, but today, since we we're doing a little bit of an earlier episode. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, you're fine. I'm, it's a beautiful day out. Sun's out. It's supposed to hit like 80 degrees Fahrenheit here. I don't know what that is in Celsius. I'm so sorry. I didn't come prepared. Um, but I've been drinking these Trulies, these hearts, these uh, seltzers, and they're fruity, and it like just ties into the day, and it's great. Nice. So that's twenty six point six 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 seven degrees Celsius, by the way. Just okay. did a quick Google on that. So <laughs> for the Canadian audience, this is a yeah. North American podcast. <laughs> um, I've never had a pear cider. Like, do you prefer those over like? Regular, like, apple ciders or anything like that? Uh, pear tastes awesome. Like, I'm, I'm loving it right now. I had it maybe, I want to say, like, a couple weeks ago. I had, like, a, a variety of, like, there's pear, there's apple. There is some sort of, like, apricot one, which I didn't really dig that. It kind of tasted weird. Yeah. I expected it to be, like, or it was a citrus one, but it just didn't taste like I thought it would. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pear, pear and apple are almost, like, interchangeable for me, but, um, no, it tastes good. Nice, sweet. Yeah. Has notes of pear. Um, <laughs> is there a certain go-to brand that you would you would prefer for your ciders? Uh, I like Strongbow, Strongbow okay. Apple. Um, yeah, is really awesome. But I couldn't find it at my my grocery store, so I stuck with Summer's Bee, which is I think a little bit more sweet than um, what Strongbow would be. But um, they're I mean it's still cider. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it still gets the gets the job done. Um, it does. As we transition into the later half of these episodes, where I'm going to ask you if you have any like crazy show tour stories or anything, and it can be in the time from Crafting Lies or anything before, mm-hmm. but there's one thing that I want to bring up beforehand because wow. I was, you know, doing my due diligence and doing some digging, and on your Twitter, you posted a question. And I was really bummed because no one answered the like gave you a response. I don't have much question. interaction on my my Twitter, but I go pretty uh pretty weird. Oh yeah, I was loving it. Uh, so this is for people that are listening. This is something that he posted on uh, March 29th, and I I want feedback from everyone listening as well. But you posted that all you really want to know, all, all you really want is a pop, punk rock drum battle between fred armison and ben stiller yeah don't you (laughs) i didn't even know ben stiller played drums to begin with he played in a punk band i think they they released it i think you can find it somewhere like uh i'm trying to remember the name of it uh yeah ben stiller played in a punk band which is crazy um let's see because i i love me some ben stiller and that would just put him one notch up if he was if, he, if he's, like, playing in a punk capital, band. Capital Punishment is the, is the name <laughs> oh, of his fuck. punk band. It's super, like, I don't think he's singing, but he's playing drums in it. And uh, I think they put it out. I, like, if, if you quickly Google Ben Stiller, punk rock, like, he's playing drums. And it's, like, everyone knows, like, Fred Armisen, like, plays drums. And, like, yeah. he's a huge, like, uh, drum head, right? He loves it. 
So, uh, yeah, I just want to see that. Can we make that happen? I, it's got to happen sometime. Yeah. Uh, Fair Armisen, I think, drums for uh, Seth Meyers. I'll, what we'll do is we'll email Seth Meyers the next time Ben Stiller's on. And then, sense. bam. Yeah. Can, can we do that and take the credit for it? Yeah, I think so. Well, like, you'll get the link, credit for it. This is all link, you. Link back to my yeah. Link back to yeah. my tweet, of course. It has to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do our thing. But in your opinion, who would win in that battle? Fred. Think Fred. I think Fred. Yeah, he he seems to know his stuff a bit more, bend yeah. a little bit more, uh, passe about his past. You know, he's like, yeah, I played in a punk rock band, but it was just that a punk rock band. I'm like, no, it's not just that. You were a punk rock drummer. You got to own that. So. I think Fred's got this one. <laughs> I, I think I, I honestly think Fred would as well. Like I could see, like if they set up Ben coming in and coming in really hot, and then just Fred just being like, "Oh, I don't know. Like I'm just gonna do this," and then just like fucking kills it, yeah. and then everyone's just like, "Well, that's fucking that." So reminds me of the drum battle between like, what was it? It's like Justin Bieber and. Uh, Chad from from Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think that was who it was against. No, well, so that that might have happened, but there was for sure Chad from Red Hot Chili Peppers versus uh, Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, because they looked the know same. Which one was which. Yeah. yeah, it's like the same person. <laughs> yeah, had a mirror in the middle of the room. <laughs> yeah, that that was a good one. And then uh, obviously offices office listeners Kevin versus that one drummer from in that one episode. I can't remember the episode, but uh, that was a good one. Yep. But definitely the the Red Hot Chili Peppers versus Will Ferrell was a great one. So I know I have the drummer wrong against Justin Bieber, but there is one where it's like amazing, like professional drummer versus Justin Bieber. It was like on some like uh, maybe, maybe Jimmy Fallon or something like that, and it's just like cool. Like we know Justin drums, but it's like <laughs> he's not that drummer. He, he right. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I'll, I'll tweet. I'll tweet this one out too. I'll get Justin versus Travis Barker, and we'll see who wins that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one should be an easy one, obviously. Whichever one has dated the more uh, Kardashians. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go with that one. We'll start a poll for it, and then that's yeah. what you need to do. Start a poll, and then hopefully, like this will get my engagement up. I, I can yeah. see it right now. <laughs> yeah, everyone that's listening, go follow the Crafting Lies. Twitter account because we need to know the answers to these questions. Thank you. There, there's some a lot of midnight oil type of questions that <laughs> pop up there. Oh, I, I used to tweet like really funny stuff on my personal Twitter all the time, but then I realized like it was only when I was heavily drinking and like usually pretty buzzed that I would post something, and that's when I would get like all these amazing likes, and then I was like. <laughs> This is probably a bad sign, but I'm going to keep doing it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it, it's it's funny. Like I I just decided to take over the band's Twitter account because like we we had it since we started and we just never posted anything. We didn't have it hooked up to like do automatic posting across platforms, which I, I feel is like it's inauthentic. You can tell it's like copy paste. So right, I just never had the time for it before, and I'm like, you know what? Screw a personal profile. Twitter's fun. I'm going to use the band's account and just. I'll make it clear. These are the rambling thoughts of Ken Taylor, um, but using the band's moniker and stuff like that. So if I want anything to grow, I guess it would be that one. But yeah, I mean that's the way to do it. My thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> like I've I've been trying to use our, well, not our. I'm the only person that does this. The beers with bands Twitter to like just be more engaging 
And then I just find myself talking to like the same three people. And half the time I'm like, it's like midnight and I'm drunk anyways. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, I'm just bothering these people. Like they yeah. got it. Just fucking hate me. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Tyler from stars hollow. I apologize. Um, but yeah. It's on record now. <laughs> yeah. I said, sorry, you heard it here first. Um, but like I had mentioned, now we're in the fun part of the, the episode where we get to talk about shitty, amazing, terrible, great, downright horrific, I don't know if you have those, uh, tour or show stories. Yeah, I might be able to do some, I, I really should have done some prep and thought of some cool ones before. <laughs> um, I will say I've been to Prince Edward Island twice in Canada, which is like teeny island, but it's provinces of its own um when we would do an east coast tour and both times i had the shows canceled and both times we had to find local open mics and beg people to give us enough money to afford a 40 dollars toll off the island like (laughs) so you guys were already on the island and then they're like yeah they don't charge you anything to get on they charge you to get off oh (laughs) fuck you drive across this big long bridge and you're like all right p-e-i p-e-i you get on the island and then it's like it's beautiful place it's so homey um love the the main street like stretches of streets and stuff it's such a great place and the the red sands are really cool to check out but then it's like both times we had our venue cancel it it was it was too funny it's like we had one where uh i'm trying to remember the name of the place but it was like upstairs in a venue above a place called the orange lunchbox (laughs) and uh so that place i was above there they had double booked us. Like we were against like a DJ and the DJ's like, well, I'm here. So bye. So we didn't get to play a show. So we just went downstairs and we're like, there's an open mic night. Are you cool with a band bringing in all of our gear and merch table? And they're like, yeah, but you get three songs. So, okay, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> so yeah. we did that. And then we, we also told our sob story and walked around to the tip jar saying, <laughs> Hey guys, help us get home. Um, so then the following year, we were like, you know what? That place was a lot of fun. It was great. Let's book the Orange Lunchbox. And we showed up to that venue, and they had shut down. They had, like, closed their entire operations, like, the week before. <laughs> oh, and my this God. And like this is two years later. Like, we were going back, and we're like, yes, East Coast, East Coast, PEI, PEI. And then the, <laughs> the show's canceled, and we're like, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> um, and so we found uh, Hunter's Ale, how I think it was called. And uh, Ryan Mary actually was running uh, – open mic i think he was running it um and morgan hiller was another guy either he was running it or he was just like a, a frequent uh guy there and we vibed with him really well they let us play like a bunch of songs but it was it was funny because we switched to like a semi-acoustic kind of performance because it wasn't set up for a full band so we had our drummer like i don't i don't think our drummer played anything we we just plugged in di an electric guitar into the soundboard for a clean <laughs> guitar and then I, I had an acoustic that I was able to borrow from them. So, like, uh, me and David from uh, – my, my previous band was The Gentleman Thieves. So when we were out there, that was a band that uh, we did that with. And that was an interesting night. Again, the tip jar goes around. Please help us get home. Right. some great people. And we ended up staying in, like, a very sketchy, sketchy place. Love PEI, but that house was, like, a party house. And – we're not big partiers kind of thing, if you catch my drift. And we're just like, hey, guys, let's, we need to sleep. So let's just all bundle up in this room. And we were just like all four of us like in a room until the morning. We're like, okay, let's go home. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, that was fun. Um, what else can I say? Uh, 
took off most of my clothes for a show in Saskatchewan for a house party because we made more money that way. We we were getting uh, the five dollar bills and the shirts and the waistbands, <laughs> so that was uh that was fun. Whatever Definitely. fills the gas tank, that's all that. Poured myself out for that one. Yep. <laughs> um, again, though, like amazing people. I I would say um, the actually I do have a story, but um I would I would say my my favorite city to play in Canada is Kelowna, BC, um, in British Columbia. Uh, it's like the California of Canada. Is what I call it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It, it's always warm. It's always sunny. They have great, beautiful beaches. Like, and if you actually live there and stuff, there's amazing like paths and stuff like that to walk around and stuff. But um, we played there twice, and there was one time when we played, and we out of all, when when we go out on the road, when when we would go out on the road, we we're always saying, "Don't worry about where to stay." Like either we'll find some sort of family out there between the four of us. Hopefully some people are, have some wide roots and we can find stuff or we'll talk to the promoter. Um, this is one of the shows that we've just booked straight with the venue. And uh, we, we were playing and there was one other band there and they were super nice. They're like, Oh man, your, your band is like awesome. So much fun. Like we, we'd love to have you guys like come, come hang with us tonight. And like, you'll, you'll be able to crash at our place. And we're like, yeah, sure. No worries. Sounds good. And then the night continues and like, they're saying weirder and weirder stuff like, yeah, man, no, we're going to hang out all night long. I'm like, uh, cool. <laughs> like we get to crash though. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You get to crash. Like, cool. All right. And then they start talking like, yeah, we just got to find some girls and we're going to have an awesome time all night. And I'm like, uh, um, Oh, this, okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. See ya. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep this up. And we just, we're hanging out at this, this bar as other bands are playing. And, um, I pull over David and we're just like, Hey, uh, getting super weird vibes here and we're like yeah it doesn't doesn't sound right and i think talking to david i don't think i heard it myself directly but um they, they were talking to him about being like yeah like we're, we're gonna do all this acid and we're gonna have a blast like stay up all night i'm like i i i don't know if i'm ready to give myself acid flashbacks yet like i i don't want that that's something i haven't personally thought about entering into my life some people it works for it for me i'm like i wasn't planning on this right <laughs> so, um yeah we we were kind of quick to say well, shit, like our whole pitch to those guys was that we had nowhere to stay and we needed a place to sleep because we have a long drive tomorrow morning. Like it was like eight hours or something like that to get to the next province. So we're like, eh, how do we get out of this one? And because they were clinging to us too more and more and being like, all right, we're, we're going to call some people. We're going to do some acid. We're going to like, wow, this is getting weirder and weirder by the second. <laughs> so we, we thankfully, I, I think um, we, we talked to like the security guard that was there and he's like yeah no i just crashed my basement and we just took it we're like yeah sure cool and we didn't know what we were going to like we just said oh yeah i know our, our friends like family came up with uh something and like uh they, they pulled through they're available for us where we're gonna go see his family and, and do this and like we thought that was gonna be you know fun and, and the, the big thing and uh yeah it's just like we we ended up in in the the security guy like super like tough dude like skinhead looking guy and i'm just like I don't know if this is a better option for us, but <laughs> I, at least I'll get some sleep. <laughs> right. Right. So, and I just ended up sleeping on a basement floor and it was fine. He was like the nicest guy ever. And the venue paid us in food when we got there and beer. And, and we also made a, a good chunk of money from them too, like from bar sales. So like that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so that was an interesting night. Um, also helps when uh, the drum set was right by window to, uh, I guess like you can open it up and there's like, you could set up a patio on the sidewalk kind of thing. Okay. Um, so the, the patio was open cause it's like warm summer night. 
and a bachelorette party is like walking by and they're like, woo, life band. And they all <laughs> hop up on like behind the drummer. And like, as we're playing our songs, like, they don't know any of them. Actually, no, we were playing Sadie and So by Weezer just as a cover. <laughs> and so they're like, it's the classic, like, I know this song, woo. And they're going crazy, like dancing behind <laughs> Tom, our drummer. It's just so funny. Um, it made us feel really popular, even though it was not our song. And then they left immediately after. But hey, that's the nature of the business. Right. So, uh, yeah. Was was say it ain't so your guys is like tour covered just to like kind of rope people in a little bit. Um, to to be honest, I I probably wouldn't choose it today. I'd want a, more of a pick me up song than right. a, like a downer one about like <laughs> um, a distant father. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was like in our bag of tricks of like a few covers for for that band. Um, we just focus really on originals and, and same thing with the crafting lines too. I just, I keep writing songs and I'm like, I want to work on them. And uh, we, we really have to pull ourselves out to say like, let's focus on a song. Let's write, mm-hmm. let's, let's uh, learn a cover. Um, so, I mean, with gentlemen thieves, we would do, I hear you calling by God. Um, we would do uh, that song. We, we tried doing say, it in, uh, sorry, um, say my name uh, by destiny's child. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because cool, it was the only time that we got to take like a non-punk rock song and just like up the punk and like i love that kind of stuff too but i don't do nearly enough of what i would like to for that but um crafting lies we were bouncing between um uh lit um my own worst enemy uh goldfinger the 99 red balloons their yep. version of that so like we were just playing some fun jams i think like for those covers we really want them to be hype up ones right so right like, even the lit one, we're like, I don't know, like, it sounds good, we're playing it well, but it's not that big energy driver kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, we, we just kind of look at that, and we, we try to do one cover in a set if we can. But Yeah. Uh, when when we were on the road, so, like, I never played in the band. I was just merch guy, drove the van, tour manager, basically. But the, the one band that I would always run with, for a long time they did My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, so like anytime that song comes on, I partially hate that it's on just because I've heard it so many times. Uh, and then we also did uh, some forty ones fat lip. Yes, which Always was fun. great. Such a fun trade off song. Uh, it really it was it really hit us like how deep those because when you listen to the song you never realize like the lyrics or when you're singing along, but we played some of the show in like Georgia. And we we get there and it's like this like record store or whatever it's called, but it's called His Rock, and we're like that's kind of weird. Um, come to find out, it was like very a religious place, so we had to like change the lyrics at the last minute because there's one l- like line in the song where it talks about like oh my mom should have had an abortion, yeah, so like and or dentist yeah <laughs> so like that whole line had to be like just subbed out to some right like i don't even remember what he said to like replace <laughs> it but it was just like yeah we can't do that line do the rest so of it funny. but fuck it like but not that <laughs> one line that, that's where you just hand it back to the audience and you just get oh yeah and that's on you <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i i had a blast um i mentioned miller before in the conversation and like um he, I don't even know how I came to know him through David, who I played with that in that last band. Um, and I, I don't know how they met, but he came over and he just like, he really reinvigorated a lot of the Toronto punk scene. 
um, for in, in my mind at least like there's quite a few buddy bands that I say like we were just playing Miller's shows for like a good year and then he went back to Australia um, so he left his mark but uh, he organizes some 41 all killer no filler front to back uh, cover night and I got to do vocals and it was the only time I've done a show where I don't have a guitar in my hands yeah. so it was super interesting and weird but it, it's so much fun when people are like singing that back to you jam packed like club that was one where people are popping off <laughs> so <laughs> Dude, that song gets everyone hyped so much. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good. Like, um, I, I don't know if uh, you, you dug this far back in my history. It sounds like you got some stuff, though, through <laughs> my Twitter and whatnot. But uh, my, my last band, Gentleman Thieves, we recorded with Dave Brown Sound, our full-length album um, from, from Sum 41. And uh, I, I will give him credit for this. He taught me the pen trick for articulation and stuff. So when I was singing vocals, like, I don't know if I'm doing it very much in the podcast. Hopefully not, if this worked well, but it's like, I mumble a lot and I mm-hmm. can't help it. Uh, so he told me just put the pen in the mouth and then you talk through that. And I say, you know, how now, brown cow, charge your articulator a little bit like this. And then my pronunciation is a lot more clear and I'm not mumbling as much and my tongue is staying out of the way. It's weird. I don't know why, okay. but it's fun. And I, I use that for recording. I use it for now. And if I'm doing a presentation for work or if I'm about to do a podcast, <laughs> so... Thanks, Dave. <laughs> yeah, shout out to to Dave from Sum Forty One for teaching you the pen trick. Uh, I haven't heard any mumbling this entire time, so obviously it's it's working well. So, you know, killing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's more party stories or not. Um, I will say, and and my drummer Tom can can vouch for this. That, that Prince Edward Island home that I told you that we stayed in, which was like, ugh, kind of, let, let's ride this one out and just get out of here as soon as we can. Yeah. Um, we remember seeing people, like, doing lines and stuff like that on, like, a ping pong table. And, like, that's not my crowd at all. Like, right. let's just go upstairs and get some sleep. Like, let's let's stay out of this basement where some, some weird things are happening. And uh, we, we remember vividly there's a girl there, and she had a chihuahua just like held to her chest as like they're all sitting around this like ping pong table and the 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 chihuahua's head just kind of bows down in front and just starts licking this like cocaine <laughs> off the table <laughs> and like i don't think a chihuahua needs any more of that <laughs> right but but that was the most like mind fuckery thing i've ever seen in, in like in a in a house party i'm just like nope time to go to bed and get out of here we should have just gone to our van <laughs> at that point <laughs> instead of we're like yeah, let's get out of here. Let's go upstairs to the bedroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Bunk together as bandmates do. <laughs> so, so I I got a two parter, I guess. Uh, one for sure. I've talked about on this on an episode where we played this this DIY venue in like Columbus, Ohio, and it was in the bottom. It was like the first floor of like this old apartment building, which you pull up. And it looks sketchy to begin with. And you're like, fucking, okay, DIY, fuck it, let, let's do this. Um, so the show gets over, it's a good, great time. Um, and then they're like, oh yeah, if you guys wanted to crash here, you guys could stay in like that room, which had like a, just a random ass futon and stuff. And we're like, eh, maybe not. And then um, yeah. also throughout the night, we, we realized, oh, this is like an old apartment building. Like, 
is the promoter like the dude that owns the building can we like maybe get a room or whatever turns out the building was paid off so basically people will just go and like pay like 20 to 50 bucks to rent a room and then they'll just do like crack oh shit and we were like yeah well as soon as we found that out we were like yeah we're getting the fuck out of here like not even dealing with this by definition is a den a crack den yeah (laughs) A crack wow. den with a DIY punk show in the ba- in like the first floor, like <laughs> it was insane. And we were like, "Nope, not doing this." And we proceeded to stay at. I say this every time, one of the nicest truck stops I've ever stayed at because I didn't have to pay for a shower. They just had private bathrooms with showers in them already. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, how can you beat that? So if you're in Columbus, Ohio, that's where to get a shower. I'll I'll hit you up, man, because like. I could go for a good shower <laughs> right? when I'm on the road. Like, honestly, that's, that's what you look for. Right. Yeah. Um, there's this amazing place in Moncton, uh, New Brunswick on the East coast. And, uh, they had a place called plan B and off to the side and above the venue. Again, it was like a place where like one guy lived there, but he, he was also one of the bartenders downstairs and he just had bunk beds that were like set up and like a bathroom and stuff like that. And like total opposite thing where you're like, okay, like, if we're staying here, how many other bands have stayed in these <laughs> these sheets? And like, right. it, it depends on how squirmish you are about that stuff. But it's like, dude was immaculate. He did like the laundry. He did all the sheets. He's like, like bathroom was clean. He's like, you know, help yourself. Go do your thing. It's like, cool. Thanks. So, I don't know. That's, that's East Coast hospitality. Yeah. That, that's always amazing when people are like, oh, you can stay here. And like, like they actually like upkeep the place rather than just like, oh, yeah, you can stay here. Uh, like three people stayed here like last week and I haven't changed any of that or cleaned anything, but like it's a punk crust. So like, fuck it. But like when they take the time to like actually be hospitable, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like my follow up two parter was we played a show in Long Island, New York, and we got done playing there and we found the nearest hotel to that venue because most of us were already pretty tanked because there was a 7-Eleven across the street, and they sold three packs of the 25-ounce beers for, like, super cheap. So we were just getting nice, nice and toasted. <laughs> uh, so we made it there, and there was a diner across the street. So we go to eat, and the lady asked if we wanted what we wanted to drink. And I guess, so, like, that's East Coast, and we're Midwest, and, like, different, uh, like, general areas say different things for, like, pop or soda. And one of us said, like, the thing that, I say both, but, like, one of us said the thing that they're not used to, so they're like, where are you guys from? And we're like, oh, we're from Iowa, like, like, what are you doing here? Well, we're in a band, we're playing, we played, like, so-and-so, where are you guys staying? Oh, in that uh, hotel across the street. And they're like, yeah, you might want to have someone sleep in the van and be cautious as you can be, Uh, because apparently we were, didn't realize it. But, like, across the street was a bad neighborhood compared to, like, where the diner was. Oh, shit. Like, I want to say that they also had, like, I don't want to, like, say we had two crack dens, but, like, it was also, like, another drug area. So, like, I stayed in the van that night and, and, like, slept as much as I could without being freaked out while everyone else, like, got to shower and stuff. And I was like, I don't even want to shower. I just want to get the fuck out of here. Were you doing merch for those guys? Yeah. <laughs> and they stuck the merch guy in the van. <laughs> so, yeah. That's like the so, scene in the horror movie where they're like, hey, you go down the hallway first. <laughs> they're also, yeah, so, 
yeah, Thomas, what the fuck, man? I know you're listening to this episode. What the hell, man? But, like, all at the same time, I went to high school with these dudes, so, like, they were, like, my best friends, so it wasn't yeah. as much like that. But, yeah, Thomas put the merch guy in the van. Who does that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Pay your dues, huh? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thomas. That That's some freaky stuff. I know, um... Our, our band has, like, thankfully hasn't had any break-ins while on the road. We've had so many of our friends' bands just, like, have, have shit taken out of their, their bands or, like, um, stolen from trailers and stuff like that, which is awful. Um, I think we were pretty incognito because as we would show up, it'd be a Dodge Caravan. Uh, that was our <laughs> tour vehicle. So yeah. We all packed the kids in and <laughs> hit the road. Um, and, I don't know, it's just, like, we, we never had that ever happen, which was, like, Thank God. I think we brought like a blanket or something like that just to drape over like the orange amp and things like that that we don't want people to just smash a window and take. But I don't know. Sleep with the money box as a pillow and then yeah, exactly. everything else can go if you want. They have serial numbers. <laughs> we'll get yeah. it back eventually. <laughs> no, yeah. Maybe. Like that would definitely be inconspicuous. We we toured in a like a 15-seater van with like a trailer. Mm-hmm. And that one crackdown that we did play at uh, uh, the year before, they were just in a like a caravan with a trailer, and someone spray painted the trailer. Like they were like, they were like, oh yeah, it's a blank canvas. Like it, it's gonna look yeah. great, and it didn't. It looked terrible. Like was uh, it an attempt at art to be like? Yeah, they attempted like, to do something, and it was just bad. They yeah. go across the country, and meanwhile they're just cracked out. And it's yeah, just, it's but uh, we also were thankful enough. Like we never got any break-ins. Uh, besides us having to break into our own vehicle, because uh, someone left the keys in the the van, uh, that was fun. Um, but yeah, like always, whenever like any band that's listening to this, and if you haven't gone on tour because twenty twenty has been a bitch, and you're about to go on tour, don't leave the money box in the van. Someone no. always take it with. Um, if you do leave it in the van, fucking don't leave the money in the money box. Hide that shit. Like we had like. Our upper panel, I can say this now because the band's not together, so, like, no one's going to know. But, like, the upper panel for, like, the the lining was broke. So, like, we just, like, had envelopes just tucked in there where no one could get it. So, yeah. yeah. Be smart about it. Always, if you're in a populated area, also have someone sleep in the van. If if people, like, roll up and they look in the van and they see someone, like, sleeping or sitting in there, it's going to reduce your chances of getting robbed. Talk to the Flatliners. Did you know that band? The Flatliners? Uh, Sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, uh, they were in, I think, Winnipeg, and their bassist was sleeping in the van, and it was just because, like, I think they were doing a sound check, and the rest of the band was inside, but he was still sleeping just from, like, a a long night before or whatever, and their bassist was in the van, and someone stole their van and drove off, and he was in the back. He was like, yo, what the (laughs) hell are you doing? Like, oh shit, they saw the car, they jump out. <laughs> he was like, he woke up and his van's moving. And he's like, You're not my band. He's like, Oh fuck. <laughs> oh shit. No, I, did, I did not know that. I, I don't know how many other crazy tour stories that I have. Usually it's just about me trying to keep myself safe. <laughs> That's it. Like, my band used to make fun of me because, like, I think I was at, I was working like a job as an intern and I was given, like, um, I, I don't know who would ever design this, but it was like, a mini box cutter for a keychain, mm-hmm. and like I guess you could keep on like a, like some keys or something at work and just bust it out. But like I took it with me 
to like have as like that's my weapon in case anyone tries to do anything i'll stick them up with this like tiny nub of like a box cutter right it's like that that makes you sound so scrappy and <laughs> sketchy but that's what i did and then i was devastated when it broke and i never got it back because i realized how sketchy it was <laughs> so <laughs> i bought a new one to replace my my old switch blade push blade or whatever yeah uh, awkward <laughs> um so as we well i guess before we fully wind down this episode i got one more question to ask we've heard some good stories what has been in your opinion the greatest moment since the start of crafting lies like the moment where you're like this is this is fucking it like i love this oh wow um greatest moment would probably be playing uh we, we played a show that was academy killer cd release and those guys were, were doing a lot of fun stuff and i mentioned that band before because uh, steve uh, and evan both used to play for them and so it was, it was nice to be um asked to play that show and it was nice because like i mean i mentioned we're, we're a newer band but like we weren't uh we weren't the opening billing kind of thing and they they really hustled hard to bring people out so it's always nice to like as i mentioned before with the ontario scene it's really nice when you finally have a room that's like full of people that are there Mm -hmm. watching the music and not just like doing whatever um that was an awesome show for me um i felt like it was probably the the best we played at that moment like to date um just cohesive set good banter good energy positive vibes we stayed up for that whole night i got to see a lot of old friends that i didn't know had relocated to hamilton so that was really nice too um and yeah just uh like playing that show was awesome and i have to say releasing that first music video for live with the single was it is up there too just because we hadn't had that first kind of splash of stuff i was really looking forward to to uh you know april 2020 <laughs> Right. when we released the ep and stuff and unfortunately we just had to cancel like those kind of shows so like it, we had to cancel them before we even started building hype for them so like that was kind of a, a little frustrating but um to be honest what i'm most excited about is getting back to it and like we're, we've we've been writing we've been doing um we, we have another like to be honest maybe 10 15 songs that are in the bag right now that are like good starting points and a good handful of them have been fleshed out with the guys via Facebook messenger or whatever. Um, I think we're going to try and do things a little bit more DIY this time to like get them down. But like, it's a, it's an interesting process and it's always exciting when you're working on new stuff, but like, um, yeah, that, that, that's really it. Getting the music out there was really the most important thing for me to say, like, you know what? I, I put together yet another band. (laughs) Um, my, my previous bands didn't necessarily work because, we had different conflicts of, of uh, what what was important for us while being in a band. So like for me, it's about getting the songs out there and getting people to hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, touring has always been tough for me. I'm, I'm always willing to do it and want to do it, but like it, there's a push and pull between like having to work that, that nine to five type of job and, and wanting to be there for the family too. So like that's another big thing too. Um, and when I was putting together this band, every single guy I talked to like, you know, hey Steve, I, I noticed you're not in Academy Killer anymore. They're doing a lot of like they're they're really pushing to do a lot of uh, touring and, and as many shows as possible. Is it possible you want to do something that's a little bit more low key? 
and and that's kind of how I was phrasing it. And it's like taking it as seriously as we possibly can without having to be that band that's like, you know, we're gonna knock the people off the top of the charts. Like I feel like we do have something really special. Um, I really like hearing some feedback from yourself on on what you thought of the EP, which means we're doing something right. Um, and I just want to continue writing the best possible songs that I can that are about a variety of topics and you know my thoughts on it and, and how I gel with the, those other musicians has been great so I'm really just excited for the next thing <laughs> so yeah uh, I'm definitely excited to see where you guys next step is um, like I've mentioned multiple times in this episode everyone go listen to their latest EP and be ready for what's coming next um, if anyone is looking for merch music or just you guys in general where can they find you guys best starting point would be craftinglies.com that can lead you to um right at the top of the page our spot our spotify apple music um bandcamp things like that um we're going to be releasing some some merch pretty soon actually so like um we were so low-key that we we're like <laughs> starting to try and build up some momentum by doing the live shows first and then do do merch with the cd release but then we had to pause all that stuff right so we are going to be doing like a merch drop that's kind of around um, the stork bite theme and, and things like that and get a little bit more out of that EP. Um, but then we're, we're going to be focusing on the next thing, but craftinglies.com, that's the first place to go. Hell yeah. And uh, I'll have that in the, the link. I'll link it in the description of this episode, uh, depending on what everyone's listening to. Um, I just want to give one big more shout out to Ken for stopping by. It truly means a lot that anyone gives a shit about this show and wants to be a part of it and thank you for uh, agreeing to be a part of it and I, I had a great time this morning I'm pretty buzzed which is great for a Saturday it's going to be sunny yeah. today so I'm so stoked um, before we fully take off do you have any last words for the listeners um, well first like Mike thanks for having me here Like it, it's, it's awesome when anyone takes interest in our music We're, we are a smaller band and Anyone who's listening, if you want to check out the, the EP, it, it would mean the world to me. Um, reach out. We, we like to interact with the people that, that talk to us, and whether that's through a YouTube comment or um, something as like a private message, like we'd love to chat about what, what you hear, what you want to hear from us, um, and even where you're from, like let, let's go organize a show sometime. Let's get out your way. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, definitely go check them out on all socials. Answer his his questions on Twitter because they're like, they need so to be right yeah they need to have answers. He's lonely. Fucking follow him. Let's get this yeah. going. Um, I would say I would retweet you and like get your following up, but like I, I'm pretty sure I have a smaller following than you. But I'll still help. I'll get this going because that awesome. these questions need answers. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you one more time to Ken for stopping by. Uh, as I generally say on all these episodes, if you or anyone you know should be on an episode of Beers with Bands, let me know. Uh, they can hit me up. I can hit them up. I have the Facebooks, Instagrams, the Twitters, all that fun stuff. And uh, I'll catch everyone on the next one. And thank you again, Ken, for stopping by. Thank you. All right, thanks. Much. See ya. I started from scratch I wanted a masterpiece for us